here to Christ Chapel. Isn't it a great day to praise the Lord? Do you see these trees all around us blooming and making us sick? Isn't it great? <laughs> I don't know. This pollen's rough. I just wanted to encourage you today with the word from the Lord. The Lord has just been impressing upon my heart obedience. Obedience. Even when you don't understand the how or the why, let Him direct your path. And He may only give you one step at a time or one focal direction at a time just to faith. Just do it. The Lord wants to build your life in such a way that you bring glory and honor to Him. And it may make you look like a fool in the middle. You may feel like, I don't get this. I'm failing. I'm not doing it right. That means that you're doing it right. Okay? That means that you're obeying the Lord. When it doesn't make sense to you, you're obeying the Lord. We just want to give you, Lord, all the glory, all the honor. worship you and adore you right now. Everybody around the congregation just lift a prayer of worship, a prayer of your Lord, you are worthy. Father God, we thank you. We thank you so much, Lord, for your worthy nature. Father, we fall short every day. Lord, you are so worthy to be praised. And Lord, we just want to obey you and walk in you. Jesus, the name above every other name. 
more time just thank him for everything he's done you're worthy of it all you're worthy of it all for from you are all things and to Worthy, worthy is the Lamb. Holy, 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 our Lord God Almighty, He is holy, thrice holy, holy, holier, holiest. May we never absent-mindedly sing these songs. Worthy, worthy is the Lamb. He is worthy. Is He worthy in your life? Do you hold him up as worthy? I'm not looking for applause. I'm asking you. I'm challenging you. When I sing those songs, I think to myself, am I holding him up as worthy in my life? When we talk about the elders casting their crowns before the throne of God, the 24 elders, the 12 patriarchs of the tribes of Israel, the 12 apostles that founded the church, and they sit before God after pouring their life out for him and take the reward and throw it at his feet and say, worthy are you, God? Is he worthy in your life? Do you exalt him? Do you live as though he is worthy? Is he worthy to you? Is he, is he worth getting up early to be on time to church? Is he worth giving a sacrificial gift? Is he worth anything that you could do living your life poured out for his glory? Is he worth that to you? Is he worthy? He's worthy. Not, not just in a, a song, not just in moments of praise and comfort. He's worthy in our valleys. He didn't hold anything back from us. He sought us, a bunch of evil, rebellious, wretched, disobedient children. He sought us and redeemed us, and he is worthy of everything that we can give him. He is worthy of a life poured out for his glory. Is he worthy to you today? And if you find yourself convicted, are you, are you ready to say, God, I bend my knee to you in repentance and I want to be increase my faith, Lord, that I may see how worthy you are, that I may live a life according to your glory, to magnify your name because you are worthy, the Son of God, the redeeming Lamb of God. He is so worthy. I don't want this to be lost on us today. Like I said last week, I don't want the rocks to cry out for me. I want to praise his name. He's worthy of my praise. He's worthy of everything I can do in a life fully submitted and poured out to him. Paul said, if my life is poured out like a drink offering, it is a life worth living for his glory. And think how insignificant a drink offering is. Have you ever poured liquid on hot metal or a hot rock? It just beads up and evaporates. And Paul said, if that's my life, if it can bring glory to God, it is the life I want to live. I want to challenge you. Search your heart. Go before him. Say, you are worthy, God. I mean, I found myself convicted this morning. You are worthy. 
And as Beth said, as you walk it out and you're in times of uncertainty, his word is a light that shines our, it lights our path, that shines and lights our path, not our whole runway. Step by step, God is going to lead you. Our, my trust is built on his love, on his word. It is a firm foundation on solid rock I stand. Anything else is sinking sand. The cares of this world, the 401k, the economy, the car I drive, the land I have, all of that, will just, it's a tinsel crown. My faith is built on Christ alone, and he is worthy. He is so worthy. Keep that essence of reverence as we move into the preached word, and let that meditate in your heart. Let it till up hard ground. He is worthy, believer. He is worthy. Father God, we just come before you and humbly submit our praise, submit ourselves, Father God, in recognition of who you are, how glorious you are, how worthy you are, how awesome you are, Father God. We pray that you would be here with us. Your word says where two or three are gathered in your name, you're there. So we know you're here, Father God, and I pray that you just stir in hearts, that you do conviction and healing and redemption, and your work is done. And when we step out of this building today, we don't say, I enjoyed the service, but we say, God was magnified in that place. He is worthy to me, and I love him all the more. Thank you, Father, for this time together. We love you so much. Amen. Good morning, guys. My name is Kelly, and on behalf of my husband, John, and the rest of our staff here at Christ Chapel, we want to say good morning and welcome to you guys. We are so glad that we get to worship the Lord together today, and we're especially glad to hear uh, to have you here if you're a first-time visitor with us. So I will not embarrass you if you're a first-time visitor with us, but do me a huge favor. Our greeting team is stationed at the doors as you came in today, and um, they have been praying and planning for your visit. So if um, for some reason they did not catch you as you walked in the doors this morning, if you would do me a huge favor, and if you could um, make sure you stop by that greeting table on your way out, we just have um, a gift that we want to put in your hands, find out a little bit about you, how we can serve you as a church body, and let you know what things we have available here for you or you and your family. So we would love to serve you guys, so please Please contact us. Um, we will not chase you down unless you want to be. Um, we would love to um, introduce you to some of our elders or somebody on our staff if you'd like a visit. But we just want to serve you in a way that's most comfortable for you. So just let us know. Before we do our announcement video in just a moment, there's one quick thing that I do want to announce. Jake Cox asked me to uh, let the men know that this Saturday, March 26th, um, we need your help from 8.30 um, on at Camp Timberlake. If you guys aren't familiar with that, that is the awesome campground that um, a lot of our kids and youth go to during the summer. It's available for a lot of men's and women's events as well, but it's a fantastic campground. But to keep it a fantastic campground, we need to do a little bit of maintenance to that. So if you're handy with a tool, um, if you've got some tools, just whatever you can bring, guys, um, Saturday, March 26, 8.30 on, and lunch will be provided. It's at the Timberlake Retreat Center in Forsyth, Georgia. Um, you can check the church website or Facebook page or check with Jake Cox if you need directions getting there. 
Primarily, there's going to be fence repair and work at the workers' quarters. So bring your construction tools, ladders, battery drills, safety glasses and gloves, etc. So anyway, we'd love to have your help. So guys, if you'll go ahead and play that announcement video, and then we'll have our time of off offering. Good morning, Christ Chapel family. Tonight in the grill, we will be continuing our Contending for the Faith series as Pastor John moves into the next chapter of Carter Conlon's 180 Degree Christian. Join us this evening at 5 o'clock. Hope to see you there. And as you all know, Easter Sunday is coming up. Resurrection Sunday is on the horizon, and we'd love to provide for our kids. So what we need you to do is bring a bag of candy. Next time you're in the store, just grab an extra bag. There will be boxes out front, and you can drop them off in those. We sure appreciate it. Coming up in the end of April, we have the girls' retreat at Camp Timberlake. Now, the deadline to sign up will be March 27th, so that's coming up. Don't put off your sign-up. And all girls and parents of girls that would like for their daughters to attend, please see Amy or Steve in the Student Center for more information. Hey, Christ Chapel men, all you fellows out there that love to golf, we have an opportunity for you. The BGMC Golf Tournament is coming up. Get signed up for that and any, all the proceeds will go for providing pure water for people in nations that don't have access to them and will also get an opportunity to share the gospel with them. So go ahead, get your clubs out and get ready. Now, this is Dmitry Petrovich that signed off for you, Christ Chapel, you have announcement. See you for next time. <laughs> all right. We're going to take that laugh there and move into a moment of, um, guys, we're about to, as the music plays, we're about to have um, an opportunity for you to continue your worship of the Lord with giving our tithes and offerings. So we've got our baskets up front. Uh, just take a moment to commit that to the Lord with your family and pray over that uh, before you give, and then Pastor John will come and pray.
Yes, it is. Y'all stand with me and turn in your Bibles to the book of First Chronicles. I asked Josh just to play a portion of that song. You know, in our history, there, there are places tied to events, and there are songs tied to events. And uh, probably 25 years ago, your pastor had hit an emotional and psychological wall, and I was on A1A in Daytona Beach, Florida, by myself, in my car. And that song came on, and something just broke. You ever had the Lord just uninvited come into the den or the car and I just I got to thinking uh, and just pardon me just a moment and those lyrics I said I want to thank you Lord for what you've done for me and my history became clearer than my present and I realized that Lord if you found me and saved me and and restored me and redeemed me this present thing is no match for you and it's mar you're marvelous Lord and that was a segue into what we're going to talk about this morning as we do part two, if Jesus tarries, on the praise of our God. First Chronicles 16, 23 through 30 this morning. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Show forth from day to day His salvation. Declare His glory among the heathen. His marvelous works among all nations. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. That word praise means to rave about Him, to boast in Him, to celebrate Him. He is to be feared above all gods, and we know there are no other gods. That's why it says small g. It refers to uh, gods that other nations uh, create or ascend mentally to or serve. God says, group every other named God, and I'm greater than that, is what it means. For all the gods of the people are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Give glory and honor are in His presence. Where is it found? In His presence. Strength and gladness are in His place. Give unto the Lord, ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. So what does that mean? Does the Lord need strength? No, it means to articulate, to, to give unto the Lord those, those things that are deserving to Him, that in, in, enshrine Him, that affirm Him. Give unto the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come before Him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. For some of us in this room, the key to our victory is that we are perpetually articulating glory to God. And there are others who might have better moral character who are silent. And they've convinced themselves that the theology in their mind is equivalent to the articulation of their praise. And it is not. Unoffered praise is only an opinion. And God is not interested in my opinion. Give unto the Lord the glory due His name. The speaking forth. The proclamation of who God is, the goodness of God, my expectation of God, my memory of God, my hope in God. And it's not just saying cliches, like when someone says God is good all the time, all the time God is good, unless that's in their soul. And what they're saying is that even when life is hard, God is good and God is faithful. That, that is the, the, that's a glory for the saint. It's comely for the upright. And I want to speak to you for the next few moments that the Lord will allow on uh, our praise, our praise. Uh, right before you're seated this morning, I, I was watching the worship team, 
and I, I, I was uh, looking at the different singers, each singing, the, the three ladies, each singing a different part, each having a different expression. Miss Judd, just free. I just love it. I just love it. Just free spirit. I love it. But she's not looking to the other two to see how she's supposed to do. And Lauren got one speed on. And it's intense whether she's singing about the goodness of God or the love of God or the power of God. There's that look like, don't you get it? You know, just it's just coming out. And Beth always has a sweetness and a, and, and a, a maturation about it, a word mixed in with it. And see, that's the thing about praise. When the church praises the Lord, there is a harmony of different expressions with one destination. And it, we need your voice. We, the, the body, the kingdom, the world needs your expression because there's not another one like it. There's not another one that sounds like it, looks like it. And so you, you can be good when you get to be you. Would it be said of you by those that know you best that you praise the Lord? Would it be said of you by those that know you best that you praise Him uninhibited, expression, expressively, passionately, purposefully, joyfully? Serve the Lord with gladness. Father, I just pray over the next few moments. First of all, Lord, I just humble myself before you. I know who I am. And I know who you are. Great is my Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Is, not was, is my shepherd. And I want to spend my life being vocal about who you are and what you've done and what I expect of you. I'm not trying to make others nervous, but if that's a byproduct, so be it. I will not be silent. The world worships Satan vocally, expressively. Uh, horribly uninhibited may we not fall behind in the church O oh lord and may we ever give our praise to you it's due it's past due and may we catch up on those bills before our power gets cut off god in jesus name amen that's the way i think about it you may be seated if it's due it can be past due right and then you get a notice you've been quiet too long Y'all don't mind if I, I if you're waiting on me to preach, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready this morning. And with any encouragement, I'll preach good. So, you know. I remember one time I was preaching a very, very hard sermon. Uh, just a hard. Somebody said, John, you have any other kind? But I was preaching, just preaching. And it was difficult. And this lady walked up to me the ne after that service. And she goes, that was really good. You just beat me to death this morning. And I felt I was visiting. You know, I said, oh, I'm so sorry. She goes, no, it was good. I just, I just, I feel like I'm just bleeding all over. It just, you just beat me to death. And so I'm, you know, kind of a cut up. I just, I, I said, well, you ain't going to want to miss tonight. She goes, what do you mean? I said, I'm preaching on makeup, long pants, eyeglasses, walking sticks, roll-on deodorant, and outdoor floodlights. I said, I'm preaching against all of it. She goes, I know it'll be good. <laughs> That's not what I'm trying to do. Not trying to beat you up. But the Bible speaks of ministers that we are to, to reprove, which means convict, rebuke, set straight, and exhort. And I want to stir this morning. I want us to see, it's kind of like, you know, when you get a new pair of tennis shoes 
and you didn't realize your old ones looked like they did till you sat them beside each other. And then you go, oh, you thought they was good until you put the new ones beside them and you realize they're diseased. You didn't know. You go into someone's house and everything is, has a place and every place has a thing and even the animals sit according to size. You know, the dog and the, the cat and the other little ferret or whatever. They're all just, everything's so organized and you realize you go, oh, what meaneth this? <laughs> My house is not like this. <laughs> you come into awareness when you see. I, I trust that by the preaching of the word, you realize my voice has not been lifted. My voice has not been consistent. And I did not realize my shoes were so old. I need to wake up. All that's within me. Hey, everything that's in you, bless the Lord. Praise the Lord. What is, what is this praise of God? Listen, it's the recognition of the person of God. It's the rehearsing of the works of God. It is the celebration of the presence of God, a response to the presence of God, and the articulation of the traits of God. I want to give that to you again for those taking notes. It's the realization of the person of God. It's the rehearsing of the works of God. It's a response to the presence of God. And it's an articulation or report of the traits or the character of God. Revelation, when you study the Word of God, when you listen to teaching, when you listen to preaching, Revelation is to introduce you to who God is historically in ages past, in the times of the Bible, as He is today, as He shall be tomorrow. And in that Revelation, when you recognize, when you, when you see God as He is, as revealed in the Scripture, there is something that should come out of you. And I often say, if it's in you, it will come out of you. If cuss is in you, cuss will come out of you. If praise is in you, praise will come out of you. All you got to do is squeeze someone to know what's within them. The realization of the person of God. When Jesus came riding in into Jerusalem on a donkey, they began, men began to break off palm branches. No one had to tell them, and they were laying them in the streets. And the children began to cry out, Hosanna! Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord! And some were nervous at this glorying of Jesus. And that's when he made the statement, if these were to be quiet, the rocks under their feet would cry out. When you realize, not just intellectually, but emotionally and affectionately and spiritually, what he saved you from. He saved me from himself. He saved me from my sins. He rescued me. He found my hiding place. That recognition means that in my life I break off palm branches and I go, you are merciful, O oh Lord, merciful God. Where would I be? I would be consumed if it were not for your mercy. When I, when I see who God is, it triggers that reflex. We talked last week about intentional praise and reflexive play, praise. But every time I see it in his word or I apply it to my life, there should be a, a reflex, a, a reflexive act where something comes out of my mouth. There, there go I with the grace of God. Thank you, Lord. You ought to say that phrase, thank you, Lord, more than any other phrase in your life. It should be repetitive on, on autoplay. Over, thank you, Lord. Got in your car. Look how high gas is. You have gas. 
People overseas don't, I know it's, yeah, I know it's high, but they don't even have it. Look at our taxes. You have homes. It's just perspective. I don't mean that it's not right that they're gouging us here. We got a new sewer bill, something. I don't know how the city did this. They measure your parking lot, and you owe, we owe $600 $700 a month for water that goes into the sewer. Rainwater. I'm like, I can fix that. I can run me some little cardboard or something up in that ditch over there and block it off and show them a video and say, we ain't got no water going in the sewer. <laughs> if you're waiting on circumstances to line up to be conducive to praise, you will die silent. I will bless the Lord. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And when I'm preaching on this, this is not about getting our service to sound a certain way. It's about getting you as an individual to respond a certain way. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. The reason they broke the palm branches and began to cry, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, is they saw him as that. You know why you don't praise him as faithful? You don't see him as faithful. You know why you don't praise him that he's near? Did you know the Lord is with you? I was in my office this morning. I was just, it's not always. And I was just weeping before the Lord and thanking him for my salvation and my family and all that I have. And I felt in my heart, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'll always be with you. I'll always be with you. So we can say all the bad and then say, but the Lord is here. The doctor says, you know, the report is negative. The report is malignant. Visiting hours are over, and the Lord will walk through the doctor, through the nurse, through the drape, sit right down beside you and say, I'm here. I'm with you. And when I see you, watch, I'm here. Thank you, Lord, that I'm never alone. You will never leave me nor forsake me. And the praise, see, it's like a, a cyclical, everything I see about you, I have to respond with praise. Every sunset now, the older I get, I start to praise him, and I often pull off the side of the road, and I quote the verse. I said, the heavens declare the glory of you, Lord. Look at this. And that's just the spectrum of color that I can see. Look how creative you are, God, with all the flowers. And look, Lord, how you designed ecosystems. And when I anything I see about him, Lord, your creator, just that. Go, you want to take a little lesson, go home and get a legal pad and write down, he's creator. And then write down everything you see. See, when man makes something, he kills it. Everything that man makes, he kills. I, I love this right here. We bought an antique podium, and Brother Sego doctored it up for me and made it a little higher so I don't have to wear readers. I need them, but he raised it up to where I don't have to read. I love this, but we had to kill this tree to make this. That chair you're in. The elements in the earth and the plastics that were made and the wood and the concrete, those blocks right there, if we took them out of the wall, we made them out of the earth. If we took them down, we can't ever grow nothing else in it. It's dead. Everything that man makes, he kills it. And everything that God makes is alive. When I saw that years ago, I began to say, everything you touch, God hates funerals. Jesus would walk up behind someone and they didn't even ask him and they're on their way to the funeral and he'd stick his hand on top of the, uh, the casket, uh, open casket the boy would set up and he'd just keep walking. He said, I don't like that. I'm a, I, I'm the, I am the resurrection and the life and when I see that, you squeeze me 
and it comes out, God, you can bring back to life anything. If a, if a tree is cut down to the ground at the smell of water, it'll bring forth. Our problem is not our problem. Our problem is we no longer see, we no longer hear, and we no longer feel, and we are living out of a memory of who God is instead of out of revelation. That's good. The realization of the person of God. The rehearsing of the works of God. The Bible said that in Job that the angels, the, the Bain Elohim, the sons of God, when they, when, the, when they saw God creating the heavens and the earth, they shouted for joy. When you see the works of God, when you see him working in someone's life, when you see him working in your life, when you, when you say, I see you, God, I see what you're doing. Not just the works you've done. Not just the works you've done. Look at, you know, uh, and I know this may sound silly to you, but praise should be, you should be backlogged with all the things around you just getting to the things to praise the Lord about. Like, what was God thinking when he made dogs? I know he was mad at you when he made cats. I know that. <laughs> and, oh, I gave in and bought little yip-yip dogs for my little girls because they wanted them. Y'all pray for me. I, mm, just incessantly TTing on everything. I'm just reaching for cigarettes. I don't even smoke. And I'm like, just quit, 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 quit. But I also got big dogs. And the definition of a dog, if you can put them in your pocket, that's not a dog. If you scratch them with one finger, that's not a dog. It might be cute, but it's not a dog. A dog, it means you can kick them as hard as you can, and they go, <clears throat> that's a dog. My Rufus and my pork chop was 176 pounds. He looked like a sea lion. That's a dog. So when God was thinking about us, and he made pork chops, he made, you know, he made Rufus, he made this dog. Did you know he knew in your mind? He knew what that loyalty message would teach you? I mean, I come home, my wife might, sorry, she might greet me. It depends on how busy she is, and the kids might greet me. It depends on what electronic device is on. But Rufus come down the driveway, and he's just, daddy, daddy, daddy. Nobody else licking me when I come in. You know, nobody else happy to see me. Now, you think I'm kidding. I praise the Lord for everything that brings me joy because he designed it. He designed it. See, when he was mad at you, he designed cats. And when he loved you, he designed dogs. And he, he's working with you. I told him, Kelly brought home a cat. I don't know if his name's Theo, Cleo, Clarence. I don't know what his name is. I'm going to call him Fishbait. Don't write me. I'm just teasing. It's just, it's just a joke. The rehearsing of the works of God. The response to the presence of God. Why is it that in a service, when we come together, one person will hear something in the song and jump out, and they're just expressive, and the other one don't move at all? How can they not sense the presence of the Lord? Somebody else sense it. Someone else feel it. Is God just randomly breezing by and touching only a few people? you got to learn to be a, a consistent praise vessel that you can't take your views from the crowd because they're lukewarm 
you hear me? Lukewarm at best. When David brought the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem, he did not have the Holy Spirit inside of him. And he modeled praise. We have the witness of the triune God inside of us. And David brought the presence of God back on the ark and he danced before the Lord with all his might. Why aren't other people dancing? Listen, listen. Because they didn't know what David knew. David knew between that, those cherubim was his victory, was his glory, was his protection, was his provision, was his healing, was his legacy. All that he needed was there in the presence of the Lord. In his presence, there is fullness of joy and confidence. What do you do when you sense the Lord? Do you think about, okay, where am I? Wrong. When you sense the Lord, you should respond. And David danced before the Lord uh, with all his might. And his wife saw him through the window and disdained him in, in her heart. Be careful when you disdain other people's joy. Just. You don't know the path that they have took to get to the place they're in. And you don't know what they see and what they know. Leave them alone. If you are so lukewarm you won't participate, at least don't curse yourself by, by speaking down about someone that's offering God praise. Be quiet. And she disdained herself. And when he came home, she said, oh, and I'm paraphrasing, how you embarrassed me today. My praise wasn't about you, woman. Oh, didn't the king just, just abase himself in front of all the maidens today, stripping down to your tunic and dancing before the Lord? I love his response. He said, if that offended you, you're going to be really upset about tomorrow. He said, because I was dancing before the Lord. I wasn't praising the Lord for Christ Chapel or Pastor John or the Assemblies of God or the song on the screen or the style of music. You were asleep. I was dancing as unto the Lord. I was praising the Lord. See, when I knew his presence was there, I had to do something. Something. Oh, for the day when the... Uh, person that's not participating is the one on the outside instead of the person that comes and I love my sister here on this front row she she comes out and I always glance over when when I sense the spirit I always glance over she's already felt him she's out here just twirling and twirling and twirling and if I still had some twirl I would do it with her but my knees and everything you know had to get Jason to pull me up Jay come over here Maybe that's why we don't feel him no more because we didn't respond to the last hundred times that he brushed by us. Lord, that's you. I will not be silent. You ever had the Lord's Holy Spirit uh, breathe upon you or a, a rush of his presence in a public place? I've, I've many, many times. Doctor's offices, outdoor mall, indoor mall, restaurant. Whoosh, that's it. In the restaurant, Lord, I just lift my hands. Right there, I say, God, I sense your presence. And I just want to say your word. You, you ain't got to be loud. 
You ain't, you ain't got to tell nobody what you're doing. People walk into restaurants. You're standing there right by the, uh, the hostess table with your hands up, and they'll walk in and go, oh, merciful God. And they'll just walk around. They ain't going to bother you. They're not going to bother you. I'm not doing it to be seen. Listen, but I am not the least bit embarrassed to be seen. When me and my pastor friends go out from lunch, for lunch, intentionally, when we leave, right in front of the restaurant, we hug and we pray for each other. They'll backlog. They'll all stay <laughs> Sometimes if we're close to the door, they won't come out. I just wait. And then a rush of people trying to get back to work, you know, before lunch, we realize they just didn't want to walk by. I think that's a good memory to have. I was leaving, and someone was blessing the Lord. Don't. don't don't, be, don't fall into that trap. You don't want to be seen. You don't want to be seen. Well, that's not my motive, but I don't mind to be seen. I ain't ashamed to kiss my wife or dance with her. A good song come on in a restaurant. Uh, a little Michael Buble or something. I said, baby, dance with me. John, stop it. I'll dance with you right here. And all the 20-something-year-old boys, four or five of them in a the booth looking at me. I said, it ain't fair, is it, boys? It ain't right, is it? You know they're thinking, he got money. That man got money to have that pretty. <laughs> no, I told her I told her when we were dating, my last name was DuPont. And then we got married. I said, no, my name's Wood. We ain't got no money. <laughs> okay, okay. Back, back, back. And then the report of the character of God, the traits of God. This is, I'm giving you just, uh, what is our praise? The report of the character of God. Look at this one verse, just one verse. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. That's three articulations of praise of the character of God. I want to declare that the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth for all generations. One of my favorite verses that I preach to myself, Pastor John, why do you talk to yourself? Because sometimes I want to talk to somebody with some sense. There you go. Feel free to use that. Feel free to use that. I love to say, as I'm walking my life, I go, hey, what you doing? Surely, who is it? Goodness and mercy have been following me all the days of my life. And I'm going to get to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What he said was, when I look behind me, goodness and mercy make sure that it's only one arm's length away. And I am in process going to heaven. I articulate the traits of God. Good, kind God, compassionate God, merciful God, faithful God, powerful God, trustworthy God, dependable God, my historical God, my hope is in God. You articulate those things. And it's comely for the upright. It, it, it lightens your countenance. It dilutes anxiety. The Bible said, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Praise is not a weapon you use. God can honor it and make it a weapon, but it, it's for God, but you benefit. Listen, I know that praise benefits me, but my motive is not the benefit. My motive is to give glory to God, but I'm aware of the benefit. Reporting on the traits of God, the character of God. When you say things like this, I know everything looks a certain way, but let me tell you what I know about God. That phrase. <laughs> I, I sense his pleasure while I'm preaching this morning. 
He's like, tell him, tell him. This, this is how your pastor, this is a simple, your pastor is a simple man. It's fill in the blank theology. I, I know God to be. I don't know about this, but let me tell you about God. He's doing something that I can't see. That's praise. That's articulation of my faith in him. I don't know what he's doing, but I know that he is so good, he can't be anything but good to me. And if the world is evil, and if the world is wrong, and in this life it's all jumbled together and it looks like God has forsaken me, in the resurrection, he's going to put it all back together for his glory, and I won't be concerned about the things that are behind me. He's going to say, I make all things new. The articulation of praise. Things that prompt us to praise. Our revelation of him. The Holy Spirit that indwells us. Just, just for your consideration, the Bible says the Holy Spirit, Jesus said the Holy Spirit will glorify me. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will glorify me. So people telling you that the Holy Spirit is making somebody bark like a dog or cluck like a chicken or act a certain way. And God's Word tells you, you know, it doesn't say weird is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It says, but the Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. It'll bring Jesus to the forefront and the center of your life and your praise. So if the Holy Spirit indwells me and he will glorify Jesus, if I'm walking in the Spirit, shouldn't I be doing what he's prompting me to do? How do you know someone that's Spirit-filled? They praise. Speaking psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in their heart. Not just with their understanding, but in the Spirit. I will sing in the Spirit. That means I don't know what I'm singing through the, the manifestation of uh, 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 speaking in tongues and praying in tongues and singing in tongues. Well, Brother Wood, Paul said, uh, let a, if, if there's no interpreter, let them keep silent in the church. Yes, as it pertains to prophecy, but you put a period where God put a comma. It says if there's no interpreter, let them keep silent in the church, comma. And let them speak to themselves and to God. So how can I be quiet and speak at the same time? He didn't ever tell me to stop praising. I praise in tongues all the time on the front row, but I don't do it to be heard of you. I'm blessing the Lord. I'm, I'm speaking to Him. And if there should be an articulation of that. If the Holy Spirit indwells you, how can you not be one who praises all the time unless you grieve and quench the Holy Spirit all day long. If the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus, how can you not be glorifying Jesus during the day? You see? That's one of those things where when you see it in the Word, you go, God, something's wrong with me. Will you heal my heart? And listen, when He makes that adjustment, that grace is applied and that chiropractic adjustment, and you go, oh, and your mouth starts to open. You remember when uh, the man didn't believe that God was going to grant him a son and he lost his voice out of unbelief. Some of you have lost your voice because you no longer believe in all the traits of God that you grew up on. And if you'll just believe, if you'll say you are who you said you are, God will loosen your tongue and the praise will return to your mouth. But God will never make you praise him. Ever. Ever. People cannot praise for you, and God will not. David said, I will bless the Lord. I will. I, I'm planning it. I'm purposed. I'm intentional. 
Things that prompt us to praise is our personal gratitude, our desire to please Him and to give Him glory. I'm grateful. I don't ever want to lose that. I don't ever want to lose that. As, and I'm being very honest with you now as I, as I get older. You know, I'll be 60 this year. I can't hardly believe that, but I'll be 60 this year. And the primary battle for me is, is not to be uh, a cynic. People, the world, folks are crazy. You, 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 the Bible says an unfaithful person is like a foot out of joint, like trying to walk on a bad ankle. So how does the person keep their praise in a world that seems to be spiraling out of control where people's are love, people are lovers of themselves more than lovers of God, where the world is blind and sex-saturated. How, how do we keep our bearings? Gratitude. When I, when I remember what you've done, when you did it, how you did it. My wife and I got to spend just a few hours yesterday together. Those of y'all with more than two kids, raise your hand. Okay. We just, I just don't see her. I, I don't realize I don't see her till I see her. And then I just start, <laughs> me and you don't have no time to go. <laughs> we're in the car, and we're just riding. And I was like, baby, do you hear that? What? Nothing. That's my point. It's just, it's just silent. But we were in the car, and I just reached over because I felt it. I just reached over, and I said, I want you to know that I hadn't forgotten that you rescued me. She just smiled. I said, no, you did. The Lord put the pieces together. But I was out for the count. And you walked into my life and you held me by the hand and loved me and propped me up and prayed for me and air filled my lungs again and gave me a new start and a new home. And then the Lord granted your heart's desire, giving you babies and gave me the greatest gift I didn't know I ever wanted. And when I rehearsed those things, how can I remember it and not say something? How can you remember where the Lord's brought you from and what He's done for you and how He's redeemed you over and over and you backslid and you came back and His grace was sufficient? How can, how can we remember and not say something we have forgotten? We've forgotten. That's why in Revelation He speaks to the Laodicean church and He said, remember from whence you've fallen. Repent. And redo your first works over again. Be grateful. Be grateful. Be grateful. Things that prompt us to praise. Our weakness and our need of Him. Mama Sheila, she taught me this one. She'll, she'll, during a difficult season, she'll, she'll add on to the difficult season something about God. She goes, well, He done brought me too far to fail me. That's all I know. She'll say, she'll say that's all I know. And, I, and I've heard it, Mama Sheila, how many times? That's all I know. Which, that's her way of saying, that's her way of saying, hey, I ain't got nothing but him. That's all I know. But in that weakness, and you don't have no plan B, and he said, when you're a widow, you ain't got nobody else. And you said, I was once young, and now I'm old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. That's all I know. See, you point at my weakness and say, you better be careful. I look at my weakness and say, I better be vocal. Lord, you my husband. How many times have you told me that? You're, you're all I got. 
And if you can't take care of me, I'm not going to be taken care of. So how about I don't worry about it and I just praise you instead? Ooh. How about I use that breath to thank you instead of using it to be anxious and worry? We're prompted to praise out of maturity. When you're believing something for God for something He's promised. And in times of contradiction, joy and sorrow, praise Him. Abundance and lack, praise Him. Confusion and clarity, health and sickness. Again, praise is not a result of a proper ambience, but a healed heart and a healthy heart. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. David, how can you say that? Because I'm intentional. That doesn't mean that life is easy. And life can be very, you can say, you know, life's not always good, but God is faithful. And I'm a day closer. I'm a day closer. Do you understand that you, whether you believe it or not, you are the terminal generation for the return of Jesus Christ for his church? Oh, yes, you are. There ain't no signs that has to be fulfilled. The, the trump, I believe, is at the archangel's lips, and we are moments away from the return of Jesus for his church. I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to have to catch up in praise. I want to go right from here to there saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I, I fit in here fine. Well, it's just so, the church is loud, and these, this lady beside me, she just... And I've heard it. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just, is all that necessary? Yes. Well, it just, I just don't think the Lord's deaf. We well, ain't nervous either. Just a thought, just a thought. All right, finally. These are byproducts. Things that follow praise. Now, I want to be very careful here because this watered down teaching, preaching style of today always makes what we do about us. Okay. No. Praise is about God. I heard Victoria Osteen. And why do you call her name? So you'll know she said it. I don't know her heart, but I know what comes out of her mouth. She said, when we praise God, it's not really for Him. It's for us. I went, personal foul, number 15, you know, no. What are, you, what are you talking about? She goes, in the end, it's not for him, really. I mean, then she said something like, it's a par partly, but it's for us. No, no, no. Praise is for him. But now listen, the other part of that, if the motive is pure, the byproduct is blessing. I do not praise the Lord for blessing. I do not give my money for the return. But I know that he that lendeth to the poor lendeth to the Lord, and I will repay, says God. I have that knowledge, but my motive is to honor God. But these things follow praise. All right, you, you want to write these down? There's five, and we're going home. It's real quick. Number one, healing. Healing. There was a centurion whose son was at the point of death. Now, this is not an Israelite. Jesus is walking the face of the earth. This is just a Roman soldier who had heard. See, he didn't have the Holy Spirit like you have. We have no excuse. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And he had just heard about the, 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 the Savior, the Messiah. 
And he came to him and said, uh, I have a son at home that's dying. And Jesus said, I'll come home with you and heal him. Listen to what he said. He goes, no, 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 you don't have to do that. Because, see, I'm a man under authority, and I know what authority looks like. He said, what? Yeah, I, I, I'll have a cap, I'm a captain over 50, and I'll settle those 50. You go over there, and I'll tell the 100 go over there. And I know who you are. You ain't got to come home with me. Just send the word. Jesus said, what would you say? Just say it. He said, I haven't seen faith like that in all of Israel. What was he doing? He was speaking forth, articulating the person of God. He said, you're in authority. That's praise. It's not always song. It's the recognition of, the esteem of, the articulation of. The giving glory to you. He said, I know who you are. That phrase, I know who you are. You're, I'm a man under authority. I know what authority. You're the one who's in charge. You reign. Remember what David said? For thine, O Lord, is the glory and the power and the victory and the majesty. And all that is in heaven and earth is yours. You reign over all. And in your hand is in power and might. And you can give strength unto all. Therefore, I thank you and praise your glorious name. I know who you are. Many times, the Lord answers prayers of supplication. But other times, He moves when we praise Him. Do you remember the woman whose daughter was grievously vexed with the devil? And she was a Gentile, and she came and asked Jesus to heal her daughter. And Jesus said, I'm only sent to the, the, the house of Israel. It's not, it's not meat to give the children's bread to dogs. She goes, oh, I, I know I'm a dog. I wasn't asking based on who I am. I was asking based on who you are. Because even dogs eat crumbs, watch, that fall from the mat. <laughs> Isn't that amazing that that's tucked in there? So here's a woman, not in the commonwealth of Israel, has nothing to do with the history of the law, history, poetry, major prophets, minor prophets, no idea who Ezekiel is, no idea about Messiah. She just recognizes that he's the master. Will you heal my daughter? Nope, right now I'm ministering to the house of Israel and it's not meat to give children's bread to dogs and dogs wasn't like we would call someone a, a horrible name it just meant uh, Gentiles it's not right to give it to the Gentiles she said yeah but you're my master you're the master of all aren't you and if I'm nothing but a dog I'm your puppy and Jesus said see praise you need to understand that it catches the ear of God it moves the heart of God, and sometimes it opens the hand of God. Yes, supplication brings answers to prayer, but so does praise. I've been healed praising the Lord. Praising the Lord. If our musician would come, please. Victory follows praise. Healing follows praise, and victory follows praise. King Jehoshaphat in the Old Testament, look it up, it'd be a good lesson for you. Uh, Several armies gathered around him uh, to come and attack them and, and kill uh, the Jews. And Jehoshaphat prayed before the Lord, sought the Lord. And the Lord told him to put singers out front. So you're going into battle. Imagine our police officers here. You're going into a hostile environment where they have weapons. And God says, leave your weapon in the car and just go towards the shootout 
and say, praise the Lord. His mercy endureth forever. That's what they did. So they went in front of the enemy and the singers with the, with the harp and the lyra and the psalmist and they just started saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Praise the Lord. And the, the praise was not a weapon. But God reacted to the praise and was their defense. And they were smitten all over the mountains. Some of us are worn out because we've been fighting when we should be praising and praising when we should be fighting. You need victory in your life? Praise. Praise. God, I don't have no strength, but I know you do. God, I don't have no blank, but I know that you do. And praise him. I'm looking around at the whitehead people. Uh, Y'all know these old commercials. Young people don't. Y'all remember Shout? Shout it out. Y'all remember the commercial? Got a tough stain? Shout it out. Well, that, that's not doctrinal, but that's sound theology. <laughs> Got a mountain that's standing in your way? I don't mean just shout for the sake of shouting. God, aren't you a way maker? Aren't you the Lord that heals us? Can't you bring my babies home? They've lost their mind. They're in their 30s. But didn't you rescue me? Wasn't I crazy? Lord, didn't, can't you? Won't you? Can't you? Instead of this, Lord, just do something sometime. Amen. How is it we can articulate our problem more clearly and more often than we can the attributes of God? You need victory? Shout it out. If you're a private person, do it at home. To me, it depends on how bad you need the victory. I ain't worrying about it. If I'm drowning, I don't care who thinks. Some of y'all, if you're drowning, you'd be like, would someone on the shore please throw me a line? I, I happen to be thinking. I'd be like, help! Help! Lord, help! God's deliverance follows praise. The three Hebrew boys that would not bow at Nebuchadnezzar's statue. And then he said, if you don't bow, I'm going to throw you alive into this burning, fiery furnace. Watch the praise. Mixed with the declaration, watch this, in front of everyone. Our God, right out the gate, my God, whom I serve. You need to know about my history. You need to know about his reality and my history. My God whom I serve is able, you need to know about his strength, to deliver me from this burning fiery furnace not something down the line I'm pointing at it he's able to deliver me from this and he will just praise 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 now watch this but if not if it don't work out like I'm hoping and I go up in smoke I want you to know I'm still not going to bow down and serve your God I praised him before I'll praise him in and I'll praise him after somebody say amen y'all stand with us we're about to bring this to a close I'm telling you the key. It's not the why we do it, but because that's out of balance, you're not experiencing these things. Now, every time we praise Him, it does not make God do something. But aren't these things written for our learning? Is He the same yesterday and today and forever? If, if a pattern is there, then I might have an expectation of similar results. Like, you don't owe me nothing, Lord, but... You know, Paul and Silas were locked up, couldn't go nowhere, bruised, beaten, bloody, 
tied to a limestone or chained to a limestone wall and at midnight they prayed and sang praises to God and you broke their prison break me out of prison oh Lord you see I know you to be this I know you to be this and finally provision if Jesus tarries great financial difficulties coming to this nation I don't have time to go into all of it today I may take a Sunday one day and just talk to you about what I see coming and we can talk together but I, I have a firm conviction that our economy is going to face horrible, if not a total collapse of things coming. Yes, I've prepared for the future, but you can't prepare for the currency being taken away. You can't prepare for, you know, if they just, everything shuts down. So what, where, what is the believer to do? We thank the Lord for what we have. It, so if I got something in the bank, I thank you for what I have. If the bank closes, I thank you for what I have. It, it doesn't change the variable. When Jesus got the 5,000, not counting women and children, to sit down, right before the miracle, now, he was all God, but he was also all man. And as a man, here's what he said. Father, I thank you that you hear me, and I know you hear me always. So what is he saying? I praise you for your listening ears. I praise you for your faithfulness. And in the spirit of gratitude, he said, I thank you. So there's not enough, but I thank you. There's 5,000 people and there's one lunch. But before we talk about the lunch, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. And in the spirit of thankfulness, he fed 5,000 men, not counting women and children. How, how do you really expect, John, for there to be enough for you and Kelly and your babies? Because I'm going to praise him every day for what I have. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Power flows into those who praise the Lord. Power flows out of those who praise the Lord. Victory follows those who praise the Lord. Healing follows those who praise the Lord. I don't do it for that, but life sure is wonderful because of that. Praise the Lord. When you wake up or your feet hit the floor, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I know if you give me just 60 seconds, we'll be done. I know you think this is ridiculous. No, it's rewiring. Every single thing that you notice, thank him for car cranks. Thank you, Lord. Just thank, just, just let it, just practice it. Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for this. Thank you for this. You get ribs. Really thank you for this, God. That's, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You meet someone and go, thank you. That's not my wife. Thank you, Lord. You know, just thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you know what will happen? Watch. You can't complain and be grateful at the same time. And life will flow into you. On upstairs there's a computer and in your house you have a little thermostat and if it's hot you can bump a little arrow twice and it'll go down two degrees and your house will go from humid and stuffy to comfortable what would happen to your soul if you punch the right button I will bless the Lord his praise will continually be in my mouth I want to remind you to join us tonight if you can uh, chapter 4 in the 180 degree Christian will be meeting in the grill.
Have a wonderful Lord's Day. Let the Word of God and the praises of God be upon your lips. God bless you today.